Last Things First. This episode of Last Things First is sponsored by Casper Mattress. Go to www.casper.com slash lastthingsfirst. Type in the promo code lastthingsfirst and receive an amazing price on an amazing mattress. Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. There's only one Sinbad the Sailor in fictional lore, and only one Sinbad worth knowing about in the funny business. There really is nobody quite like Sinbad, and we've seen it since he broke through in a big way on Star Search in the 1980s, through his role on the NBC spin-off of this Cosby show, A Different World, through hosting its Showtime at the Apollo, through four separate HBO specials in the 1990s, and even through a short-lived reality series on WeTV, and a couple rounds with Donald J. Trump on Celebrity Apprentice more recently. He seems to be winging it up there on stage, but always crushing. Perhaps it's more accurate to say he's been jingling all the way. Sinbad sat down with me between shows at Caroline's on Broadway to keep it 100 and then some. What does he have to say about Cosby, Trump, Red Fox, and more? Let's get to it! You know, Sinbad, my uh, my friend and yours, uh, Jeffrey Joseph, uh-huh. claimed to me that you have never bombed. Is that true? I think it's true. <laughs> how, how are you such a rare breed? There's, I think there's a lot of guys who have never bombed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's see, bombing to me means you got nothing, you know. And it's rare. I mean, I think guys who most funny guys they might have nice and not as good as others, mm-hmm. especially beginning. But I, I know guys who never bombed. Always found something available in the room. What it, What is it that uh, that keeps your confidence level headed on stage? I don't, I don't see. It. I mean, I got some time wrong here when you do something I think well enough or long enough it's not about confidence you just know it after a while I mean, right. you figure at a certain point after so many hours of playing if you don't know it now you ain't never gonna know it so now it's about experimenting it's not so much being funny or playing music it's now we experiment how far can I push it left how far can I push it right that's all right. that is it's not about God can I play I hope I can still play but that but that, but that requires a certain confidence in your talents no, that requires you just play all the time you, right. you, you work all the time confidence comes from work Confidence comes from, from knowing you did the work. So when I first saw you, uh, I'm old enough to have first seen you on Star Search. Mm-hmm. Had you done that before or after you did the San Francisco competition? That was before. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And right after that, uh, I came out to the West Coast. Right. And my boy got me hooked up on uh, the uh, San Francisco's comic competition. Yeah, that was a big deal Yeah. back then. And you, you beat out Ellen DeGeneres for that. But, you know, I look at it this way. It's not about beating out. Comedy is not about beating out. I mean, there are people in the competition. You do your thing because right. any given day, one person's funny to one audience. You're not funny to another. So that was it was my time. Well, I mean, but competitions like that or Star Search, I mean, it's all based on on that particular audience's at that time, biases. And, and and what you did at that time. Right. Because this night you go, like, oh, man, I should have done this. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you, how did you approach that? When you were first starting out, though, I didn't pay attention to it. You didn't? How? I think because I was naive. I, I remember I started comedy. I was headlining in three months, so I didn't know you weren't supposed to. I, I was blessed. 
that my naivete mm-hmm. helped me because I didn't know what you weren't supposed to do. I didn't know what the limits were. I didn't know what the limit of a comic was. I didn't know what a comic was supposed to do. I didn't know if you were supposed to write, talk. I didn't know. I was just raw. How raw were you by the time you did Star Search then? I was still raw. I've been doing, I've been doing comedy for a year oh, when wow. I did Star Search. So you were just still fresh out of the Air Force then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was just did, yeah. <laughs> so, so being that naive, what did you think was going to happen at that point? I was hoping I'd make $1,000 a week when I win. <laughs> Because well, remember, my life didn't depend on stars. So now you got kids crying because they got eliminated off American Idol. I got eliminated. I'm, right. I'm going to do. I was like this. I already knew I was funny. For me, it was I got a chance to fly back to L.A. every time I won. So I just want to keep flying back to L.A. Where were you at the time? Were you in Denver or Michigan? Where were you at? I was um, nowhere. I, I was living in my car. And what, So where where were you? Where would you park your car? I lived at Michigan State. My brother and sister went to school. Okay. And... Uh, well, you did. You did get uh, a break out of that. You got the Red Fox show. Yeah, as soon as I got to LA. Did uh, Did Red uh, slap some? Red taught me about TV. Slap some naivete out of you? No, Red loved it. Red taught me about TV, which was different. How to find my mark? How to hit a mark? I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Red taught me how to hit the mark, and and and, and I made Red was having fun because mm-hmm. I was there, and I was having fun because Red was there. So it was like it was like what I do with Chase, the comic on road beat. Right. It was the old dog teaching the new dog. Yeah, I see. I see you on stage now with Chase, and and you leave him on stage with you, yeah. which is also kind of a rare thing in stand-up clubs to for the headliner to keep the the feature. Well, we, I on did stage. it because one night we were on stage, and uh, and I was thinking, reason I took my role with me, I thought comics could make it the way I made. You show up, go to comedy clubs, and mm-hmm. make it. Then they told me, dude, that doesn't exist anymore. Right. I said, well, how do you make it? Nigga, we hope you go viral. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. That's that has nothing to do with comedy. That's mm-hmm. stupid. That's like a musician that can play, and they go like, well, I hope I can beat this guy who plays a, a, a little, little little stupid flute that you can buy at a, at a penny store. Right. And he's got a, a million followers because he's doing his covers with that stupid flute. <laughs> so I, I look at, at it. Um, I said, well, I'll just leave him on stage. That way they'll remember him. So we did it one time, and it worked so people remember him. And the women feel sorry for him because the old dog is picking on us. Look, man, when I get done, all these people are going to love me. Right. It's not like... In most yeah. comedy clubs, yeah, they remember the headliner, and then who opened? They go, oh, he was they're funny. like, oh, that first what guy was, was funny. Yeah, that yeah. first guy was funny too, and they just don't. I just want to make sure they remember his name. Well, that's awful nice of you. Yeah. Well, I learned when I was working with Cosby early in my career. Cosby was intimidated by anybody. Cosby didn't care what you had. Bring it. Bring your best. Right. You know. Well, he I said, when you know who you are, you're not intimidated by people. Right. Go ahead and sit in. So. I mean, the Red Fox show didn't last long, but then Different World did. Uh-huh. And then, were you hoping to get your own show? I mean, I you did. did. I had the Sinbad but- show, and they wrote later that they should have never canceled it. They were scared of me. I didn't realize at the time they were scared of comics being the producer. I said, let me produce it, let me help write it. I mm-hmm. didn't realize. I thought that was normal. That's like a musician was to write their own album. And that time, they were scared of comics like we're crazy. And when they canceled it, they said, you know what? We should have left him alone. He knew he had a vision. I had a vision for five years for the show. And then I became known as a guy that was hard to work with. And I said, that's what they call a comic. That's why when Louis, you know, when Louis, uh, CK, man, Louis right. CK did his own thing. Look how long it took. He said, that's what he writes it. He edits it. He does the music. He said, leave me alone because you'll mess it up. You'll mess it up. Well, you were, you were part of that earlier generation where they wanted to give every comedian 
a sitcom. Yeah, but they but they, but they wanted to control but everything. They wanted to control what you were. They would come watch your show and then try and make you be something else on a TV show. Right. I said, did you not watch what I do? <laughs> and then they have a hard time if you're intelligent. Right. Because then th- that's another thing that they have to control. Oh, intelligent comic. Oh God, we can't have him. <laughs> Let's find somebody who just wants to make money. What did that experience teach you, though, at the time in '93, '94? Oh, it opened my eyes. It opened my eyes to I thought all writers. We're going to hang out and be funny. They're mm-hmm. some of the most depressed people you'll meet in your life. But it doesn't mean they're not good writers. I found writers don't have to be like comics. Their life doesn't have to be like a comic. So you find those good writers, man. And you sit there and they can put some good stuff. If it's your people, you put your team together. I realized you have to put your team together. And you, you stay true. And you don't have to lose your mind. Every comic loses his mind. Like Chappelle, we lose our mind that first show when they start hustling you. Next time, be like, hey, man, either you get it or you don't. Like Cosby, you got, he said you got to make the show a hit so they can't mess with you. But just like you said, if it's if it becomes a real big hit, then everybody sees the dollar signs, and then that. But kind they of, still fight you. Yeah, they still fight you, but now they ha- they can't fight as much. So did you purposely stay away from TV? Because I mean, you were making HBO specials. You made four of them in the '90s, yeah. but other than that, you were really doing more movies than yeah. TV. But remember, TV back then sitcoms were starting to die. Right. So they weren't doing it. They said, sitcoms are dead. So once Hollywood says something's dead, it's done. So I said, I like making movies anyway. Let's do the movies. Yeah. And then it became like, well, let's not work with Sinbad. I didn't see that coming. That went through. That's the one that threw me for a loop. When did that happen? Right around 98. Okay. 98, things changed. After, after I did Vibe. Oh, uh, right, the late night And only did show. Vibe to get a movie. I told Columbia, I didn't want to do a talk show. If I want to do a talk show, I, would, when Chevy, I did Chevy Chase show, and they chased me to the parking lot. And wanted to give me his show, which right. I thought was cold. But that taught me something. They'll do the same thing to me. If they'll do this to Chevy Chase, they'll do it to me. And that's what I learned. You can't trust anybody. To, oh, he's funny. We love you. Take that with a grain of salt. Right. But, I mean, kind of the if, – if I look at the picture now, I mean, the late night market kind of suits a guy like you who can just – who doesn't you know, need a script. Yeah, but you know what? Not if you want to make movies. Because once you do late night, you're there. Right. And I said, I'll do late night when I'm through making movies. And I didn't know I wasn't going to work again for 10, 15 years making movies. I didn't see that coming. And I kept saying, okay, next year I'll make a movie next right. year. It's my fault. Though. I can't blame Hollywood. I got all these ideas in my head. I can write. I've always been self-contained. I got angry. And that's what you can't do in this business. When you get angry, you don't move forward. You get bitter. You just get angry. So I was angry. And I should have just went out and made my own stuff, found some money, people, made my own movies, and had my own empire. And when they begged you to work with them, they said, no, I like doing my own thing. Right. Like Tyler Perry's doing. You, you, you do your own thing. Well, everybody has their own production company. Now. Yeah. Everybody's got a production company, but he's yeah. actually producing. He right. bought a studio. He did it right. Yeah. So what kept you going? What kept you going despite the anger and the resentment? Well, it's not resentment. I don't, I don't, I don't resent anything. I, was just, I looked at Hollywood. When I got angry, I was angry like, what do I, why do I have to write? When I see other guys working, it's not as funny to me. So I wasn't resentful. Right. I always couldn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. So I kept doing stand-up. I, mm-hmm. And I started playing music. I started picking up, I went back to playing music for fun. And that's what I was saving. And then my daughter was growing up, my son was growing up. They were playing sports, and my daughter was trying to sing, and my son wanted to go to film school. So I got involved trying to help them so they could be free. And then uh, and then you had that period uh, like about six, seven years ago where you did, uh, you did the reality show for uh-huh. Wii. And you did uh, Celebrity Apprentice. Uh-huh. Was that all all because of the tax issue? Oh, hell no, man. Tax issue ain't shit. <laughs> People keep thinking, oh, the tax issue. 
Who hasn't owed some taxes, done I mean, it wrong? You, you, you put something down wrong, you right. didn't put your corporation right. If you've never had money and you're putting money together and you're taking care of more than yourself, I'm not talking about I didn't buy Bentleys, I didn't mm -hmm. buy a house, I didn't hide any money. I took care of a company. I had a company that hired my family and hired a lot of people. And when I was trying to keep a company together, so I said, look, I, I, I got behind my tax, I'll pay it next mm -hmm. year. I'll get a movie, I'll pay it next year. I don't want to let people off. And to me, people were more important than, than the other thing. But there's a way to do Now I look at there's a way to have done that. You have to look at the big picture. If I was working with a young entertainer, I said, dude, taxes right away. They pay as little as you can legally, but uh, take care of it. Take care of yourself. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your family. You can't take care of everybody. Right. Well, I, I only ask that because, like, I know, like, even Monty Python reunited, and they, they joked, but they were also sincere in saying they were doing it for the money because, like, oh, but doing it for one, money, one but of them no, had, like, alimony no, to pay no, no, and other people like No, no, doing it for the money ain't bad. Doing it for taxes is one thing. Right. Doing it for the money ain't bad. We work for money. But because they owed money. Like, yeah, they had, but, but, they but, had they were, but they're creative as hell. So right. it's like there's a bunch of dudes that have talent. Yeah. It's like a band, like the Eagles getting back together. Mm -hmm. First they want to do it, but it became a smart move. So sometimes, out of that money move, they're still artists. They didn't sell out. Eagles didn't sell out. Monty Python didn't sell out. They did some great stuff. See, it's only bad when you sell out and do bad movies. Right. Princess was more because of my agents. They all kept thinking, oh, this is going to be the thing. Is this the dumbest show ever? How are you going to fire me from a job that's not mine? I said, that's a dumb show. I don't want to do the show. And they begged me. They begged me. I said, okay, I'm going to give you this one, but you're going to give me one. You're going to owe me one. But it really covered your bases in terms of uh, being with a potential president. Not really. He's not a potential president. Well, I mean, because you had also worked with uh, Hillary Clinton on USO. Yeah, but see, Hillary Clinton... So was, you, had, you, had, had, Clinton, you had, Hillary, had access to both Hillary, of them. Hillary Clinton was legit. <laughs> Trump was not a potential president. He was a potential Trump. Yeah. He's Trump. <laughs> He's just Trump. What, what did you see being close up with him now that gives you added perspective... You know, out of perspective, he's, everybody sees what it is. Ain't no, yeah. ain't nothing hidden there. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, but ain't nothing hidden. <laughs> People just choose not to look at it. It's, it's not Jack hidden. <laughs> Everything he did is on tape. It's been seen. He twitters it. It just didn't stick. Yeah. The rich it's, clown it's, won. Yeah, it's a... The I mean, rich it's clown a, won. It's a strange... It's, it's a strange world every, we're living every, in right it's now. Every media... It's, it's, you know what? It's the... It's the internet society. It's the going viral society. It's the vine. It's the vine. It's this. Mm -hmm. It's YouTube. He was that. He's our first YouTube president, which is a makes for a good movie, but not for real life. Right. It's it's just such a strange time. I mean, you know, it's the twentieth anniversary uh, this this year of Jingle All the Way. Uh huh. And Arnold, Arnold went into politics, and people thought that was crazy. No, he always said he was going to do it. Arnold was but, always going to be a politician. Arnold always said he'd be a politician. He always was going to run for office. But when he was governor of California, mm -hmm. it wasn't a joke. Well, no, he always said right. he was always political. He's married to Schreiber. Come on, man. This <laughs> is some real stuff. He was in a political dynasty. Yeah, man. Yeah. He, he, he understood the game. He understood empowerment. He, came, he was an immigrant who came to America and said, look, man, you can su succeed here. Mm -hmm. He was the American dream. Trump came from a dad giving him $14 million. Please. That's a lifetime movie. Yeah. Well, not one that they'll they'll be playing uh, every Christmas for twenty years, like they have Jingle All the Way. Well, they might, <laughs> but not with the same kind of happy. They might, <laughs> not with the same spirit of like. Yeah, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you thought about buying a mattress? For me, the first time I thought about buying one was when I was twenty-one years old, and that was a long, long time ago. 
you know, a lot has changed in terms of how you go about buying and, and testing things out. You know, last things first. The last thing of the day is you want rest. And the first thing you want when you wake up is you want to feel good. You don't want to feel all cranky or feel kind of knots in your neck because you're on a bumpy mattress. And Casper has done this amazing thing where they take two technologies. It's a hybrid of latex foam and memory foam. And uh, I don't know how much it remembers, but uh, I know the latex feels good. And it provides just the right sink and the right bounce for you. And it's obsessively engineered. I, you know, most engineers are obsessive, I think. So, you know, that's, that's great. It's also made in America, which is good. I like, uh, I like being a, a, a patriot, a, a true citizen of the world and of my country. Really, the most important thing, though, is they've taken this comfortable mattress and they've given it to you at a fair price. Actually, better than fair. Uh, if you're going online and you're looking at, at mattresses, you might see prices upward of $1,500. But at Casper, you can get a twin size mattress for $500 or a king size for $950. And, you know, that's just outstanding. I, I can help and make it even more outstanding for you right now. You can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash last things first and use the promo code I'm giving you right now, last things first. Terms and conditions apply, but uh, sleep is your primary need, and I'm here with Casper to give it to you. Thanks. What do you what do you what do you think a comedian's role is in in a time like this, there's no one role. What, what do you what every, do you see as your role? My, my my role is what I am. I, mm-hmm. I talk about life as I see it. I get on stage. I don't back up off anything. You know, sometimes it's political, but it's not to be, not to be so political that people can't laugh because you got everybody in your audience. I'm not gonna step back off Trump, but I'm not gonna call you stupid because you voted for him unless you say something stupid in the audience to let me know. Oh, you really were stupid. And then when you do that, that's my job to bring your stupidity to light. Right. And and you're not afraid to talk to every single audience and find out what's going on. If you hit people with truth, what can they do? Get mad? Are you mad because I said the truth? If I just say, man, F Trump, that's not truth. If I say Trump said this and this is what this means, that's truth. And then I can twist it and make it funny. You can be mad, but you can't say, damn, that was wrong. You can say, you shouldn't have said that out loud, (laughs) but you can't say it's wrong. Well, I, I think people get defensive as a general rule, when you when you speak to their truth, well, this is a defensive it election. Them, they, it makes them vulnerable. No, this became a defensive election. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in their own bubble. This is a bubble. This was like me against you. This was like gladiators. This is like throwing gladiators into uh, in, into the arena and they threw some lines in there. Mm-hmm. And nope, everybody ain't coming out of here. And that's what this election was. Everybody's not getting out alive. Now you got Robin Hood and his band of merry men running around the tights. <laughs> Trying to take over Sherwood Forest. What does that make us? We didn't work hard enough. <laughs> but the forest is big. We can catch it. <laughs> does that make us fried tuck? Is fried big, tuck? Man. What does that make us? Fried tuck is tough, though. Fried <laughs> tuck was slick. That ain't a bad person to be. Fried tuck could fight. <laughs> you know, you do, you know, you did, you did the crazy reality with Apprentice that you didn't want to do, but then the We TV show. What were you hoping to gain out of that? No, it was going to be a sitcom. They didn't get it. When I was in the airport, the production company mm-hmm. did this show. We're sitting in the airport, this, this guy, he, he, mm-hmm. I know he's producing. We're talking, he said, man, he said, man, you, you should be on TV. I said, yeah, I should. <laughs> he said, man, I'd like to do a show with you. I said, I don't want to do a show if I can't do it my way. I, I'm not even interested. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm not on the air. I'm okay where I'm at right now. No, man, I want you to do something that you want to do. And I knew it was headed the wrong way because he sold it to WeTV and didn't even talk about the meeting. 
I said, dude, you know what? You're about to be like everybody else I've ever worked with. And that's what happened. I said, if you listen to me, this is the cheapest sitcom ever done in the history of the world. It will turn. It will twist from reality show to a dang sitcom. We were breaking the wall. I said, dude, I found out if you've never done TV, all they knew was reality. They didn't even want to be a TV show. They kept saying, look, I've done 900 episodes. I, said, I saw them, and they suck. So let's try to do something different. Was, it, was your idea like um, kind of harkening back to Gary Shanling's show yeah, was, where it was like, well, it, it, you think it's reality, but it no, turns out I, it's a sitcom. I pitched that show to HBO before mm-hmm. Gary Shanling came on. I said, dude, I want to do a talk show. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a talk show host. The show is fake, but it's got a real audience, but it's not fake. I want to have real guests come on. Don't always tell me who the guests are. Mm-hmm. And I want a, a secret door. A real guest comes to that door every week, and I don't know who it is. <laughs> and they're like this. But that means you have to improv. We have to, we have to trust you. So they wouldn't do it. Then I saw the Gary Shandling show. I said, damn. So I guess the way I want to do it was stupid. <laughs> you know? So we got to get you a, a new TV show. Oh, we got a bunch. Of, me, me, my, my son, that's why he went to film school. We're about to shoot a bunch of our own things. I found some money people. It's 2000, I had to get my back surgery. I had to get my back fixed, knees fixed. It's like a walk, walk right. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm getting healthy again, it's like, man, let's get busy. I got enough projects to keep me alive till I die. I can shoot enough stuff till I die. What, what or who kind of gives you inspiration these days? I mean, I'm here. I'm alive. Inspiration is I woke up. Right. I don't need, any, I don't need anything to give me inspiration. I'm here. I got air. As long as I got air, mm-hmm. I got I got hope. All right. But there's not like people you turn to or for Blade. counsel or advice? Or? I talk to Blade. He's my gospel and my guidance, my spiritual counselor. Wesley Snipes? Blade. Blade. <laughs> not Wesley. Blade. 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 When? What does is, what is Blade tell I you? go to the church of Blade. Yeah. We take care of business. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, you might just need air and blade for, for continued inspiration. But, but I know there's there's always young hustlers coming up mm-hmm. who are looking to you for guidance or inspiration. What's the first thing you tell them? I can just be true to yourself. I can't give yeah. you. I can't make you be you. I can't mm-hmm. make you be great. All I can tell you is, man, if you stay true to yourself, you still might not be great, but you still have a chance to be great. All we, we nobody owes us anything. That's the main thing. When I get out of my Feeling bad for myself. Nobody owes me anything. Hollywood don't owe me jack. That gives them too much power. When you start crying, that means you gave somebody too much power. It's on you. You got to leave room for the magic. You got to leave room for stuff you can't see. That's what faith is. If I can see the ending, that's a that's a short-sighted vision. If I can see how this is going to end, that would be no fun. Be no surprise. No, man. Are there are there things you do as like a daily routine or a habit to to keep that good mojo going? Oh man, <laughs> don't know yoga and get up and sit. I can give you no, a chance. Yoga, meditation. No, man, or I get up, man. I get up. Workouts. I thank God for being here. Uh huh. And I'm good. All right. I go get some breakfast. That's my daily thing. Get some breakfast. What's the most important meal? It is. I don't care what time you eat it. Five o'clock at night. Don't matter. Breakfast is good anyway. Yeah. It's my favorite meal. Cool. <laughs> breakfast and blade. That's all you need. Man. <laughs> Well, Sinbad, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm honored to spend some time in your presence. Cool, man. I don't. Know. Once again, you did not bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell Jeff. Cool, man. <laughs> Last thing.
This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean L. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first.